do we go through things in life and we don't want to be thankful? Sometimes you don't feel like being thankful. Sometimes life knocks you down and you don't want to say thank you. And so we hear in the book, it says, be thankful for this is God's will. But what if God's will is not my desire? Can I just talk about that? And I'll be honest, you're human. It's okay to have some feelings. But if you give thanks and you start trusting the one that woke you up this morning, you begin to accept his will. So me and Deacon Andre, Minister Andre are going to talk to you. But what's it like to be thankful? Minister Andre, we know that you've experienced a lot. Um, during this pandemic, I think we've all experienced a lot. And so now we're at the time of year where we would like to focus on everything that we have. But what about everything that we don't have or everything that we want and we don't have yet? How do you remain thankful? So my question to you, my first question is, with the Thanksgiving season approaching, how do you feel? Um, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm wishy-washy. Like, um I'm thankful, but yet I still feel and, 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 and feel that emptiness and that void without having um, my dad here. Um, I lost my dad during the pandemic. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, some days are good, some days are bad, some days are up and down. Um, and, you know, you still remain thankful, but that, that emptiness is there. Um, and it's, it's real and you know regardless of how spiritual you are and regardless of how long you've been a Christian regardless of how long or, or, or how much you read your Bible and you do all the things that you do that still that side still hurts um, and it's still there and you have to really deal with that um, and I think sometimes we kind of push it to the side and we hide behind all of these scriptures um, and we don't really deal with it right. and it, it, it takes precedence or it takes um, life in how we act and how we deal with other people and things like that. You said so many things, but one of the things that sticks out is you said our inability to not deal with how we feel, it bleeds out in other areas. Sometimes we are dealing with feelings of sadness or feeling like we're being cheated or something has been stolen from us, but we're still saying thankful. What's True. on the other side of your thankfulness? On the other side of our thankfulness is some sadness. On the other side of our thankfulness is some disappointments. My question now would be, what has helped you um, to maneuver through uh, the feelings of wishy-washiness but maintaining your spirit of thanksgiving? Um, so to answer that question, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really funny. Um, there, there are moments where I'm just like, hey, um, like I, really, I, I don't feel like being thankful. I don't, I don't really feel like anything. Um, but in spite of all of that, um, it, it allowed me um, having a relationship with God um, through the relationship that I have with him, like a real relationship, like being able to talk to him. Um, I was able to, through prayer, just through talking, like I was able to get a lot of things off my chest and like have those like real bitter conversations. Um, sometimes we think prayer is just, it has to be this all fancy thing and it's all nice. No, um, I remember when my dad died, like I literally was sitting there like, yo God, why, why would you do this? Like, and why would you do it like this, right? Um, why would you allow him to do this? Why would you allow him to say his last word to me? Why would you allow him to go this route? Why would you do this? Why would you? And I was, I mean, I understood who God was and it doesn't take away from who I believe him to be and, and all of that, but still, right? Um, and, and just so that we are clear, right? In the Bible, Jesus knew his assignment. He knew what he was coming to do. He knew the time when it was happening, but he still had that Garden of Gethsemane experience. He still had that on the cross, hey, why have you forsaken me? Yes. Like that was a question that he asked, he asked himself really, right? But he asked God, hey, why are you forsaking me right now? Like, why do I feel all of this, even though my spirit man understands that this has to happen, it understands that there's a purpose, it understands that there's a plan, but that human side, right? And so when I, when I, when I find comfort in the fact that, you know what, Christ went through that too, and he, he, he was, it was okay for him to say all of that, and it was written in there, and that was for me. That was for all of us who go through that particular um, point in our lives where we feel like, Hey, look, yo, this, 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 this thing hurts. Um, but I, I, I have confidence and I have faith and I have belief that, yeah, I, I rejoice always and I pray without ceasing. I did all of that. I prayed, 
I was hoping my dad would come out of this. I prayed, you know, I, I, I was there with him every single step of the way. And guess what? What I prayed wasn't what, what, what happened. And that's, that's a real thing. Like, and you have to be okay with that. How do you be okay with that? It's really no formula, no remedy about right. it. It just really goes to what is your relationship with God? Um, um, what do you believe him to be? Um, if he was all of those things that I believed him to be before, um, maybe what I was praying for may not have been the prayer that my dad had, right? Wow. Maybe my dad wanted to go home, wow. <laughs> right? Maybe my dad didn't want for, for, for him to heal him, That's right? Good. But because of what I wanted, right, it allowed, if I allow what I want to be what it is, um, then, hey, maybe my dad will still be here. Maybe he'll be suffering. Maybe he wouldn't be the same person that he was. Maybe what I, I wanted him to be wouldn't have been that. So God knows all things. He knows all things well. Yes, and we, we, I agree with that. I love it. It's there. But, <laughs> right, we still have to be thankful and we still have to acknowledge those feelings. And sometimes it took even just talking to other people. Yeah. Um, I remember just um, when I was going through it, like, and um, school had finished. I had finished, like, teaching my classes and everything. And, like, I just was, like, hit with this, like, power of emotions where it was like, yo, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I, I'm used to him doing certain things. He's not there to do those things anymore. Um, I celebrated my birthday on the 5th of November. Um, I'm used to him doing certain things. It wasn't there. I was in the middle of celebrating, and literally his face came across, like, literally across the bathroom where I was at. And I literally, like, that's why I wrote, like, whoever saw it on Facebook, that's why I wrote what I wrote. Um, because it then became real that, okay, yeah, he's not there, but, you know, I'm, 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 I'm thankful that, that, that you raised me to be who I am. I'm grateful that you did this. So, it, so my gratefulness and my thankfulness wasn't always about me, but it was about what he was to me, what he was for me, what he did with me, um, what he taught me to be. And that's real, you know, when reality hits you, thankfulness yeah. comes, it's hard. It's mm -hmm. hard to maneuver. You said something about being willing to be open and honest with God. I think we talk about this a lot, about how we hide behind our emotions. Uh -huh. And Jesus was the first um, example of saying, wait, I know this is you, but why have you left me? Sometimes you can be in the will of God, doing what God has asked you to do and still feel like he's left you. Right. He was in his rightful place, but right. he felt alone. Right. Some of us are serving, but we feel like God is not present, right. but he is present. Mm -hmm. And in the scripture I read about, this is his will concerning us. And once we get past our feelings and we work through them, then we have to rely, like you said, on the relationship we have with God, understanding that his will is perfect. And we don't understand his will. We will never know why he does what he does, but we know that he's God. Right, and not, not only that, um, but also just understanding on the human side, sometimes um, mental health is, is extremely important because through this, like, there were periods of time where I literally was losing my mind, like, literally. Um, like, there were times where, like, yo, I, I, I'm not even going to sit here and lie. Um, as, as Forget my title, forget all of that. Like, I, I literally prayed, like, yo, God, like, look, I really don't want to be here anymore. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yo, this, like, I'm, I'm done. I know I have a daughter. I know I have this. I know I have that. Like, yo, I'm... I'm I'm done, <laughs> right? And 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 that's real. <laughs> you know, that's that's, that's, that's just real, real talk. The lyrics yeah. of the song. When I want to finish what you've started, right? And that God, you guys really blessed me with that. I don't know if you all are paying attention to the lyrics. When I want to finish what you've began, when I want to stop what you've already written in stone, when I want to put a stop, when you're saying press play, how do I manage? Mm -hmm. And it's through tears. It's it's real real life stuff. We have to communicate. We have to communicate with God, but I encourage you, communicate with counselors. Get counseling. Do whatever you got to do to get it out. And don't be embarrassed. Don't right. feel ashamed because if you don't, these things will bleed on you. And that's what the plan of the enemy is, is to shut you up so nobody can help you. No, absolutely. And that's actually literally one of the things that I had to do. Like I, I, I was able to go into like a group session for grief counseling and things like that. And just, just be able to just talk and, 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 and be transparent without, you know, somebody trying to butter up what it is that I'm saying. And there were other like-minded people that were going through the same thing. Um, and even in, in giving thanks, right, like there's a lot, like you said, a lot of people lost loved ones. 
Um, I, was, I was fortunate to have my dad come home and he was with us. Um, I didn't necessarily like how the death transpired um, that morning, but he was home, right? There was other people who literally dropped their mom or their dad or their loved one off and they didn't see them for a little bit and they died in the hospital, right? And so they would want that opportunity to be able to say, hey, look, I was able to you know, chill with them, I was able to talk to them, I was able to do this, I was able to do that. Whereas I'm looking at it from a different standpoint, like, hey, oh yeah, I, I got that, but the fact that I literally and, and you know, I'm, I'm not gonna get as graphic because of the fact that I do have my family and my mom and everybody that's watching, but graphically being able to see your loved one literally like lose his life, like, and, and try to resuscitate him, try to do all of those things, those images, those pictures, those, those emotions, don't, they don't ever leave you. They don't ever move. And so you, you know, so, in that, you have to keep your mental health. I mean, praying and all those things are, are great, but that just that, like I said, that human side, like sometimes it's, it's natural, then spiritual. Yeah. So yeah, that spirit man, I cry out, I, I, I get my release, I worship, but then I still gotta get some natural food as well. After you pray. After you pray. We're yeah. in the comments and so many people are writing and saying that they can identify with those feelings. And one person said that they true, they prayed that their father would live but told my dad he was ready, to, that their father was ready to go. And how to, how to deal when God doesn't answer your prayer the way it should, you want it to be answered. Those are real emotions. Um, and I think that just from your transparency, you've helped a lot of people. Um, even just in this room, sometimes we, we forget what people are dealing with after the funeral. And to be honest with you, your father was a bishop in our church. We couldn't even celebrate his life the way right. that you may right. have envisioned or really wanted right. it to go or be when that time had came. It came at such an uncomfortable time. Like, this is really an uncomfortable time. Even I was thinking about how we're having to close back down again. Right. You know, every time it seems like we're taking two steps forward, but then you get hit with something else. How to maneuver. But God is still God. Yes, he is. And God is faithful and he knows what we're feeling, and he is with us. So we're sending special love and prayers to those who are going um, through something, who've lost someone, who've lost a job. And we want you to know that you need to get help. If you need someone to talk to, please research. Get a counselor. Um, call a friend. That's what they used to say on the show with Regis. Phone a friend. <laughs> phone a friend. Phone somebody that's going to empower you. But most importantly, friends and family, remain thankful because we don't know when our time is coming. Just don't take any moment for granted. If there's one thing that 2020 has taught us is every minute is of value. You know, when I look at how we went from being in church and revival to now we're doing StreamYard and virtual conversations, yeah. it changes like Change. that. So we have to value every moment and in everything good and bad, give thanks because all things are going to work together for your good. Can we give Deacon Andre a hand just for his transparency? Amen. And that's it for our reality check. Can y'all give them a hand, please? That was, like, that was really like a reality check moment because some of us wait till people leave to celebrate them, but you, some of us have been in a pandemic with our family members and we haven't talked enough or we haven't spent enough time together and then when we're gone a lot of times we eat up with grief so make sure you spend time with each other make sure you love on each other and all that good stuff amen so tonight um you know talking to pastor washington a lot of times i started calling him roy email brown right the reason I started calling him Roy Email Brown is because when you sit with him and you hear his vision, it sounds exactly like his father. Like there's nothing too big for God, no matter the budget, no matter what it is, whether he has the resources or not, nothing is too big. I sat there and I, um, I watched over last week because I was over there with the interview with Metro World Child. And some of these things he spoke some years back that he wanted to do for the community. He wanted to give out toys and stuff like that. He wanted to bless people because he's never for himself. And then when I sat there and I heard the different things that they wanted to do and the different things that they wanted to do with the church, I got really glad because I know this is something that he really wanted because he's big on giving back 
to black entrepreneurship, small businesses, things like that. So I speak resources to whatever he wants to do. And I pray that God gives you everything you need. And along with that, I can't do everything, but I can do something. And what I can do is I can give, right? So tonight, I'm going to start off by giving $100. Anybody that wants to give $20, $25, please feel free. But our cash app is Pilgrim Fresh Fire. And Azel is Pilgrim Church 5180 at gmail.com. Then we also have Giblify Pilgrim Baptist Church. So once again, it's on the screen as well. It's Pilgrim Fresh Fire for the Cash App. It's Pilgrim Baptist Church for the Giblify. And it's Pilgrim Church 5180 at gmail.com. Listen, you see the fruit of what happened tonight. You see all the things that we're doing. Invest invest, invest. And I promise you, you're giving in good soil. Amen. Um, at this time, we're going to have our service where we're going to have three young people um, speak, um, give us just a word of encouragement um, about being thankful in the midst of this pandemic. Right, so we have our youth leaders. Um, our first one will be Kishana Faulkner. Second will be Tanisha McCullen. And third will be Stefan Lawrence. Um, please pray with them. Um, encourage them in the comments. Um, if they're saying something that speaks to you, you know, give them an amen. Give them, give them something. <laughs> something of, of encouragement just so that if they, when they're going back and they're looking at it and they're viewing it, they know they're talking to you, they're talking right. Um, it's not easy standing up and speaking before people. Um, I definitely know it's definitely not that easy. Um, but we, we pray and we trust that they've been studying and anything and whatever God has for them, for us, to receive from them, we are thankful that we'll be able to receive it. So um, in that order, again, Kishana Faulkner, Tanisha McCullen, and then Stefan Lawrence. so that they too can join in the praises of the Lord. This concept seems to indicate that David has written a sort of circulatory hymn thanking the Lord for enabling the Israelites to thank the Lord. Now, why is it important to give thanks, especially today? When the pandemic first started, I was furloughed. Three months into being furloughed, I was feeling really hopeless. Like, I couldn't get through with unemployment, my job security fund didn't kick in, I was trying not to touch my savings at all, and all of the house incomes was now falling on my husband, all of our expenses was now falling on my husband. I was feeling really overwhelmed, and on one of the days that I was feeling really down, I got a phone call from one of my coworkers where she was just telling me how crazy things been at work, how she missed me, and how things are just different now. She continued to explain. She continued to explain that she was sitting at her desk and she was thinking about some of our previous conversation, like 
my walk with God. I used to always talk about that, talk about church, talk about a lot of things that my youth department was doing. And she told me that brought her some hope in the middle of her hectic workday. So me sitting there thinking and listening to everything that she's saying, like she literally called me just to say thank you for those conversations. And God allowed me to check my own attitude, to check what I was feeling because during everything that went on, I had reasons to be thankful. Like, I didn't catch COVID-19. God still made provisions for my family and I, and we were still getting by without having to ask for help from anyone, you know? And it made me think, like, Paul and Silas, who was in chains in prison, they still praised God, they sung praises, and, you know, they were simply following instructions to Philippians 2 and 5, which say, your attitude should be the same, that of Christ Jesus, at all times. Now, genuine thankfulness is not something we turn on and off. We are either thankful or we're not. As Christians, we're called beyond simple thanks for the good things God has sent our way. We are told to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts and be thankful with whatever that we do. We're also to give thanks for what he has done for us and for who he is. People who are thankful to God they're not only thankful for themselves, but for those around them. Thankful people are content, content with what God has done for them and their family. Matthew 4 and 4 says, we shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that cometh out the mouth of God. So here is to being thankful in a pandemic by feeding yourself the word of God. Um, I ask for three volunteers, if you don't mind. So, you know, one time that we're always thankful is like, and everyone says things, says grace, is before we eat. So I would like to just, let me have the first one come over here. You can come. I'm going to feed you three points. So this is my appetizer right here. We have to be thankful for what God has given us. Because in Psalms 107, it was his unfailing love. In 1 Corinthians 1 and 4, it was his grace given unto you in Christ Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 57, it was the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Psalms 119 and 62 told us to be thankful for his righteous laws. And Philemon 1 and 4 said, we have the faith of others to sustain us and cheer us. Now I'm going to move on to my main course. You can come. We have to be thankful for what God has done for us. Psalms 118 and 21 said, he's answered me and became my salvation. Romans 5 and 8, he has redeemed us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Colossians 1 and 12, be thankful because he qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of the light. Now I'm going to wrap it up with my dessert. We have to be thankful for who God is. 1 John 1 and 9 said he is faithful and he is just. First Chronicles 16 and 34 said, he is good and his love endures forever. Now in conclusion, training our hearts to be thankful does many good things. It gives us credit where credit is due. It keeps us from bitterness, arrogance, and discouragement. It protects us from letting our lives be defined but from what we have done. It keeps us humble and reminds us of who God is. Um, you can stand for the reading. 
My scripture is 2 Corinthians 9, verses 11 and 12. In the King James Version, it is being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us things given to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. You may be seated. Um, you, oh. So when I was given this task, well, let me give honors to so Bishop Dugson and Pastor Deborah, uh, Minister Emil, our youth pastor. You don't got to clap. I'm trying to get through this as fast as I can. Hold, can you hear me? Okay. Um, when I was given this task, um, just like everybody else, I was not happy about it. To find out on social media was the worst way to find out, but we thank God for Minister Emil and his ways. Um, <laughs> um, Thanksgiving and the pandemic, that topic alone was very gut-wrenching for me because this pandemic has been a tough thing for me overall in every aspect of my life, from financial to spiritual to physical, emotional. Um, I'll say from financial, I'm an entrepreneur. And if you know or you don't know, my business is mainly me going to people's houses, either cleaning, painting, doing something where I'm in contact with people. Now that COVID has hit, business has declined greatly. So I can't go around people. And it was a struggle. I have three children um, and they eat like I do. So that alone says that I need money. Um, <laughs> spiritually, This has been tough because I had to come to a realization of who God was for me. Um, and to be transparent, a lot of stuff that I went through should have broken me. This year alone. Um, I lost friends. from telling the truth. Um, I lost friends for trying to make sure my walk was right with God. Um, so it challenged me with a lot of different things. Uh, also personally, I'll say it was a lot of conflicts with my family. Um, some things that we don't talk about in church is issues that we have with our families that might be little or happen when we were younger, but we don't talk about it. And then it grows and it festers and it changes who God has ordained us to be. So a lot of times I was walking around angry. I didn't lose anybody and I'm grateful that I didn't. But all of these things was just like the beginning of it. Um, but when I started to pray, I had to be honest with God and I had to tell him that I didn't trust him. That's, that was my honest point, that I didn't trust him how I was supposed to. I would give him a little bit and take it back. I would give him a little bit and take it back. I interfered a lot of times with situations because God's timing was too long. Like, why did I have to go through this? Why am I this way? Why do I have to experience this? Why am I made this way? Why do I stand out when I just want to fit in? So a lot of stuff was also unfair. So I learned that I, I didn't trust God, and I, I, I had to tell him that. And, and one scripture that gets on my nerves a lot is Romans 8 and 28, that all things work together for good for them that love you. So I was thinking at a point, well, maybe, God, I don't love you because these things are not good. They don't feel good. They don't look good, all of these different things. And I just, I was going through so that was the spiritual part. Physically, my weight was up, my weight was down. Tried to wear waist trainers, tried to do all of these things. Okay, you feel that, my God. 
but also I knew that a lot of things was affecting my physical because I was becoming depressed. Anxiety was riding my back. Uh, uh, anger was riding my back. But I'm grateful. The thing that I'm most grateful for in this pandemic, as much as the business was slowed down, I was still able to work. One thing that I, I enjoy doing is, I don't make that much money now, but I'm still able to volunteer and drop off food to people. And that's a blessing within itself. One thing that I am grateful for is that, yes, I had these issues with all of these people, but God gave me time, time. Things that other people don't have, time to fix it. Time to really work on myself. Time to really work on situations with people and also being grateful for when he closed doors. When he closed doors on certain business aspects, certain friendships, certain just relational aspects, I was just mad because I'm like, God, I'm 30. You know, I, I, I want all of these things. I don't want to be the single friend forever, all of these different things. So, my. <laughs> So it was just a lot going on. Um, but I'm grateful because this time also helped me to see my children. A lot of times we are moving beyond and going past and we don't see our family members. We don't see our children's hurts. We don't see the things that they are going through. But I was able to see my oldest daughter. You know, she's 10 and it's, it's a lot raising a preteen, but I'm able to see her. I'm able to see my son. I'm able to see my youngest daughter. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. I was frustrated with the scripture because the history behind this is that they were writing a letter to the Corinthians saying that they were, they were rich in money and they had all of these things, but they were doing, doing the wrong things with it. So I didn't understand why one God would give Minister Emo this scripture to give to me because I'm like, okay, they're talking about money. But as I studied it, it was talking about spiritual riches. So when I looked it up, thanks Dre for the, telling me to use the concordance, the spiritual riches that God is talking about and what they're talking about in this scripture is things that are not tangible. And a lot of times we are only grateful for the tangible things. And some of the spiritual riches that God give us is wisdom, is peace, is love, is joy, is, is all of these different things. So when I thought about it, it, did, it was cringeworthy because I had to talk. I had to come up here and I had to be transparent. But at the end of the day, what this scripture is really saying is that he's giving unto us spiritual riches so that we can feed other people. So if in this conversation, I don't care what anybody can take from what I said, it's the idea of God is giving to me and granting me his riches, which is his joy, his wisdom, his discernment, his peace, all of these different things so that we can not only help one another, but we can help those in our community. So it's saying giving things given to God. I, I would like to read it to hopefully enlighten you in a different version, the easy version, which Kishana put me onto, which helped me as well. It says that God will make you rich with many good things. As a result, you will always be able to give plenty to other people. Many people will thank God because of your gifts that we take to them. This good work that you are doing is helping God's people. It is helping to supply what they need and is not only doing that, it is also causing many people to thank God very much. So in conclusion, God is granting us these gifts. A lot of us can say, I'm probably not making as much money as I was. I'm probably, I probably don't have all of the things that I desired in this year. And my goal for 2020 was perfect vision and all of these different things. And it feels like God took more than he gave to us. But those are the tangible things. What we need to be grateful for is our peace of mind. What we need to be grateful for is the love that we can give. What we need to be grateful for is the conversations that we can have with our family members or our community or anybody who needs encouragement. And sometimes you cannot go to these people about the Bible because they don't understand anything that you're saying about, but simply just saying God loves you. God can call you. You might not be qualified, but he calls the unqualified. He does great things in everybody. And, and one thing that I will have to say for myself is God granted me peace. I was a wreck in the beginning, but now when things happen, 
I'm so grateful for even when I'm wrong and I want to fight back, God has given me peace to be quiet. So if you knew me a couple of years ago or even a couple of weeks ago, it's not the same Tanisha that I was. And that's what's making me grateful in this Thanksgiving, that God is changing not only I don't even care about my physical being any, my physical appearance anymore. Not saying I'm not going to dress nice, but I mean the physical of trying to please people. One, I want to please God, and in pleasing God, it means my spirit man is right. So just like how Dre was saying, we have to do all of these things and make sure our relationship is right. That's what I'm most thankful for, for this opportunity to be in the house and read his scripture, to be in a place of worship and give him all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. So... The riches that God is talking about is not anything tangible. If you have your right mind, if you can love, if you can speak, if you can smile, if you can talk, if you can walk, if you can breathe, because COVID has taken the breath out of so many people. If you can breathe, if you can breathe, if you could think on your own, even to decipher when something is wrong and when something is good, when a lot of people are losing their mind in this time, it's something to be grateful for. And that's what I stand here saying, this is my Thanksgiving and pandemic because God has kept me in so many ways that's not tangible. I will never be quiet again. prayer for me because I need to <laughs> help me Lord in Jesus name amen the scripture I was given was Colossians 3 and 17 and it says and whatsoever you do in word and deed do it all in the name of Jesus Christ giving thanks to God and the Father by him um, and that's it's a great scripture, it's amazing, but that's not what God gave me. The, thing, the, the, the theme is Thanksgiving in a pandemic, Thanksgiving in a bad place. And for me, to be perfectly honest, my, my pandemic, like from March to now, wasn't that bad. I didn't have the, the the story of anybody close to me dying. I didn't have the story of me losing my job. I actually had the story of my business taking off. But it was like, Lord, I'm not going to come up here and talk about the good when so many people are doing bad. So he was like, okay, so you don't have a pandemic. And then in that moment, this past week became the worst week of my life. And just that fast, I had a personal pandemic. And so it took me to the entire story of Job, the entire thing. I'm not going to read the entire thing because it, was, it, was, it would be crazy. But we know the story of Job. We know that he was minding his business. He was an upright man. He loved God. He feared God. He did what he had to do. He had riches. He had all of this stuff. And Satan comes to Jesus. Um, you know, the Lord says, have you considered him? And Satan is like, no, like, that's your guy. Like, I can't do nothing. You're not going to let me do anything to him. Um, so, so the Lord says, go ahead. I'll let you, I'll take the covering off of him to allow you to do whatever you need to do because he will still not curse me. Um, and, you know, this, Satan is like, well, you know, the only reason he even is good to you is because you gave him all this stuff. You gave him riches. You gave him children. You gave him this. You gave him that. You take that away and he'll curse you like that. So the Lord says, all right, and I'm not going to go into the whole the Lord bragged on Job because we've heard that. We understand that. What I really want to focus on is, you know, we hear the story and they make it sound like 
Satan did his thing to Job, and then the next day he recovered all. But that is far from the truth. Job is about 43 chapters. He loses everything in the first two, and he doesn't get it back until the last chapter. So that is a lot of suffering. That is a lot of pain. That is a lot of turmoil that we don't hear about. We hear how he recovered double, and that's great. But I was more concerned with how do how does you how does Job be as great as he how does he have what he have have the Lord take it away and still not curse God because I can't say that I would have done that. I can't say it. So I, I dug a little bit deeper, and I realized that in the beginning. You know, the, the Lord, Satan came to him twice. He came to him the first time. He killed his, his children. He, took, he burned down his house. He killed his cattle, which back then was your riches. He took it all. He would not curse God. So Satan goes back to God and says, I tried. It didn't work. But if, I, if you let me touch his life, if you let me touch his physical, not the stuff, you let me touch his physical and... I'll get them. And so the Lord is like, you can touch the physical, but you can't kill them. And I'm going to come back to that because that is very important. You can touch them. You can, so he goes back and, and, and Job has uh, these swords, swords all over his body. He's at the point now where he is taking pottery or, or, or like whatever to try to cut the swords off. And he still maintains his integrity. And so I'm like, okay, like, this is a bit, this is a bit much. Like, I don't know if I would be able to, at that point, do that. And, and, and Job's wife comes to him, and now at this point, you can imagine, let's just assume she was a black woman. Let's just assume. Let's assume Job's wife is Courtney. I've, I've done what I, I, you know, I've been... I have to prove my loyalty to God. God then says, okay, Satan, do what you want. Our unborn child dies. I lose my job. I lose my business. We are homeless on the street. And I still have to look at Courtney and say, but I trust God still. I haven't lost my integrity. I know Courtney, and I know her faith. But I also know that she would have said, what Job's wife said, and she said, um, she asked him in a very black woman who is mad way, are you, oh, so you still maintaining your integrity, huh? You might as well curse God and die. And so, you know, Job's, Job's response, he says, you talking crazy. Are we only supposed to thank God for the good and not for the bad? And so I was like, okay, yeah, that's a good comeback because, you know, God created the good and the bad. So we should give thanks in the bad. But then that's when it gets interesting because it starts to shift a little bit where Job isn't as for God as he was before. And this is where we don't really hear about when we hear this story is that he starts to question God. He starts to realize that it, the, the Bible says that he, he almost, he starts to ask God, like, why, well, why is this happening? I've been good. I've been kind. I do for my people. I don't curse you. I do what I'm supposed to do. I fear you. Why is this happening? It's similar to what Dre said a little earlier when his dad died. It was like, I know who I am in God, but why? Why, 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 and why? Um, and so for me, it became a similar situation this week. It was because, you know, it was like, Lord, you know, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't, I'm not a drug addict. I don't beat nobody. I don't, I try to be nice. I, I do what I'm supposed to do. Why is this week happening to me? What did I do? And he continues, he continues to ask God. And at this point now, he's not talking about how great God is. He's not talking about how much he loves God. He is questioning God. He is saying, God, like, God, you must have made a mistake. He gets to the point now where he wants to die. It gets so bad that his only prayer is, Lord, just get me out of here. I don't know what I did. 
I thought I did what I was supposed to do. I didn't. So just, just whatever, I'm done. Job has three friends that come and they, you know, they're not, you know, we have, we have different groups of friends. We have the good friends and then we got the friends that are more of acquaintances. Job had three acquaintances come and for the first seven days, and this is how long, this is just to give you a, a, a little big reference of how long he was in this. For just seven days, his friends come, they sit and they don't say anything. They just sit in the mess with him. They don't do anything. They don't try to pull him out. They just sit there. And so after the seven days, the first one speaks. And it's not, let's get you out. It's, what did you do to deserve to be here? That was the, you know, you come and witness me in my lowest point. And the first thing you say to me is, well, you must have did, what you did something. Just confess to what you did. And so this goes on for majority of the story of Job, him and his three friends going back and forth, telling him, you did something. Job is saying, I did nothing. The Lord is bugging right now. I didn't do nothing. And that continues, that continues. Then there's this, there's this, there's a younger guy who comes with him. He's quiet. He stays quiet out of respect for the people who are older, but he comes in around chapter 32 or chapter 33. He comes and he tells them, he tells Job, Job is in the lowest place. He is in the lowest place of his life right now. And he tells Job, he pretty much sets Job straight. He's like, yo, your friends, pretty much your friends are trash. They don't know what they're talking about. They haven't been able to pull you out. You haven't been able to convince them otherwise. Let me shut, set the record straight. The Lord does what the Lord does when he wants to, how he wants to. You can, you can talk about you haven't done anything, all you want to. And, then, and, it, and he says, the Lord doesn't do good things for you because you were good. He doesn't do bad things to you because you were bad. He does what he wants, when he wants. And then it takes us back to, so I'm supposed to give him thanks? And, and it's like, but I, I don't understand. So he tells him, he says, the Lord speaks to you. Because at this point, the Job is asking, Lord, please talk to me. Please talk to me. Tell me something. I need something. Nothing. He tells him, the Lord speaks when he wants to. He can speak in a dream. And he can stop you from, from harm, hurt, or danger. He says, or, and this is the one that I feel like the Lord did to me. He says, or God might get your attention through pain. By throwing, you know, by throwing you in the bed of suffering. So they can't stand the sight. So to the point where, like, you can't eat. I haven't really eaten this week. I lost 10 pounds this week. I, I tell you, this has been the worst week of my life to the point, like, where I can't eat. I, I, like, everything was off. And I was like, okay, Lord, now I see why you took me to Job. Because you gave me a pandemic to talk about and to be transparent about when I thought I didn't have one. And then he says, so finally, he goes off on Job. Job is kind of taken aback a little bit. God finally responds to Job. And what he says is, pretty much, he rattles off for at least two chapters. And he asks Job a bunch of questions that were mysteries of the world, that Job, that nobody, in, no human form could ever answer. And it, it baffles Job because he's like, okay, I've been doing all this talking, this one-way talking where I thought I was this, I, was th I thought I was this bad, I thought I was him. I thought I could talk to you, God, and tell you, like, yo, you made a mistake. And the Lord shuts him down really quick. And I was very curious about how exactly, what happened to make the Lord say, okay, even though you were talking, running your mouth, I'm going to still give you everything you had plus double. And here's where it got interesting because I was like, Lord, I'm having the worst week of my life. I'm talking to you. I feel like you're not listening. I feel like you just like told Satan to go test me and just have your way. And then when you read the scriptures, it says that the only reason, the only way Job was able to receive double is that he had to pray for the friends 
who were talking about him, who were arguing with him this whole time. And so I'm like, Lord, are you telling me that the only way I can get delivered is I have to give a word to people and when I need a word? Are you telling me that that is the only way I am going to get restored? And Job 42 and 10 says, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends, and also the Lord gave Job twice as much. So I want to go back real quick, and then I promise you I'm, I'm done. He says that when I told you about how the Lord let Satan do whatever, but he said you can't kill him. How many people have been at the lowest point of their life where you wanted to go? You felt like the world would be a better place without you. It felt like Satan took everything. It felt like you had nothing left. And at your lowest point, you still couldn't die. And it just left me with this, and I'm really done. And, 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 and the Lord gave me this. He said, in your darkest hour... Your darkest hour is still under strict instruction from the Lord. Your darkest hour is under strict instruction. So when you think that you're going to take your life, when you think that you're going to be homeless on the street, the Lord still has an instruction for that. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. It does not matter because at the end of the day, it's under strict instruction from the Lord. So, and because it's under strict instruction from the Lord, you go back to the scripture that says, Colossians 3 and 17. I brought it back full circle. It says, and whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God because it is under strict instruction from the Lord. Amen. Can we give God praise? Can we open our mouth and just be grateful for a moment? Would you give God praise for our speakers? I need y'all to do better than that. We, we pity back God too much. Is there anybody just grateful that God is God? That even in my darkest moment, there's still an instruction. <laughs> is there anybody glad that even in my moments of weakness, it does not change who he is? He's God, he's God, he's God. He's God over my every circumstance. I love him with my whole heart. I am super duper proud. Would you give these speakers a, a round of applause? Andre, can you get the oil for me and just put it before the altar? It's going to be that type of night because I, I need the enemy to understand that there's still a remnant. That there's still a remnant of people. That in spite of what we go through, we still love the Lord. I honor our senior leader, our senior servant, Bishop Desmond. She is watching. We honor her. We thank God for her. Right there is perfect. Would you help me salute my wife? Today's her birthday. I'm grateful to her. It was really, why do you always, because you really have no idea how much a woman, a woman married to a man of God sacrifices in order for us to be able to do what we do. So I will always honor her. I love her. I'm grateful for her. And I hope she enjoyed her day. Turn with me to the book of Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk chapter 3, beginning at verse 17. I promise you I'm not going to be long. And then I'm going to speak a word over the speakers and we're going to go home. Habakkuk chapter 3 beginning at verse 17. I don't have it. Can we put it up? Okay, thank you. Here begins the reading of God's holy word. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olives shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Last verse. The Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like hinds feet and he will make me to walk upon my high places to the chief singer of my stringed instruments. And the word of the Lord is already blessed. 
Um, Habakkuk is not a very, uh, very popular book. It's not something that you really hear people minister from. Habakkuk is the eighth book of the 12 minor prophets. Minor prophets, not because they are any less significant than anyone in the Bible. Um, they are classified or deemed as minor prophets because of the amount of their writing. Habakkuk in particular is only three chapters. Um, but it's in Habakkuk that we see some of the most honest conversation that you will ever see in the Bible. It is in Habakkuk, these three chapters, that Habakkuk has conversation with God about questions that you yourself have asked God. He struggles when God tells him uh, that the Babylonians who are some of the most wicked people, some of the most cruel people. They are people who, who don't just conquer land, but when they conquer land, they destroy culture. Um, so these people, through Habakkuk, has been prophesied that they will take root and take rule of God's people. Uh, so in the midst of what God prophesies through Habakkuk, um, Habakkuk has a question for God. Uh, he says, God, I'm, I'm a little concerned and I'm a little confused. Um, why do you allow bad things to happen to good people? I wish I had a witness in the building. Uh, he says to God, I love you. I, I'm, I, I'm doing your work. I'm in the middle of what you have told me to do, but I'm struggling because why do you allow good things to happen to bad people? Is there anyone in the building who has had that struggle with God? Um, I don't love you any less. I, I hear you. I worship. I pray, um, but I'm struggling with the why of God. I wish I had some honest folk right there. I love you with my whole heart, but I have to admit I don't understand the why of what I'm going through. Uh, why did this have to hurt so bad? Why did I have to cry so much? Why did I have to lose so much? Uh, and, and in this text, chapter 2, verse chapter 1, Habakkuk is in conversation with God. He says, I need to understand why do these things happen? Why do we have to go through? Why do I have to hurt? Why do we have to go through all this stuff? And chapter 2, um, God begins to address him and he says one of the most powerful scriptures I've ever seen in my life. And in chapter 2, verse 4, he says, the righteous live by faith. God, yes. Uh, what he is saying to, to, to Habakkuk is, is uh, we know that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It means that he's saying, when you want to be in relationship with me, when you love me, you have to live according to the expected. Mm. That means I cannot live in my now because my now is raggedy. I, we cannot live in my now because my now is full of tears. But when you are righteous, you live a according to what will be uh, my now is where is the money going to come from but my faith says he shall supply all my needs my now says I'm weak but my later says he will be my strength the problem with most of us is we get stuck in our now I'm struggling and I'm wrestling with my now. My now says I'm weeping, but my faith says there's joy in the morning. My now says that weapons will form, but my faith says they will not prosper. I'm so grateful for the later. When you love God, you cannot live in your now, but you must attach yourself to the promise of God, yes, I'm walking by faith. I'm, I'm living by faith. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it feels like, but I'm living according to my expectation. I am holding on, Lady McMullen, because of a promise. I wish it was a praise break right there um, because the only reason I'm here is because there's a promise. <laughs> it's not because I feel like it. It's, it's not because I can't find nothing to do. I'm standing because there's a promise. He says, he says to Habakkuk, the righteous shall live by faith. I am not living according to my now because my now will have me struggling with God. But I'm living because I understand that there will be something better coming. Yeah. Chapter 1, hear me? He engages God with this conversation. Why? 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 Chapter 2, God answers him. Tells him that the Babylonians who will rule at one point, that there will come a day where there will be a turnaround. 
He says, and the very prisoners that the Babylonians have taken captive will laugh. I wish I could get about four of you who are watching on live and four of you who are in the building who would give God praise for a turnaround. Uh, he says, I know what you've been through. I know what they said about you. I know what's going through your mind. But I give you praise because it's about to be a turnaround. And although they thought they held you captive, I'm about to turn it. So, God says, Habakkuk, relax. They will rule for a season. They will rule for a time, but there will come a day. That's what we have to believe as believers, that there will come a day. <laughs> God, I'm trying to get through this because we get so tangled up and wrapped up in what's happening right now. But I speak to your belly right now that there will come a day where things will be better than they are right now. Tell them, don't worry. 9.30, don't worry. We got this. There'll come a day where there'll be a turnaround. And although the Babylonians will be um, on top, they will be on the bottom. And I will send victory to you. Verse chapter 3 is how he sums up his feelings with God with a thanksgiving hymn with a song of thanks, with a, with a scripture of a prayer of how grateful he is to God. I want to go to chapter se- to verse 17. Put it back up for me. Chapter 17, after all that he has talked to with God, after all that he has been through with God, verse 17 of chapter 3. He says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. Hear me. Fig trees are not born with figs. Vines do not come already with grapes on it. Uh, You have to expect figs to grow on a tree. You have to expect grapes to grow on the vine. So the first point, he said, although uh, my expectation is off, yes, sir, although I don't know what will happen, although I'm not sure how I'm going to pay my bill, although I don't know how my marriage is going to work, I don't, I don't know where the money is going to come from for a house. He said, the labor of the olives shall fail and the field shall yield no meat. You don't know the fields are no good until you get there. So we're dealing with the now. First, he says, it doesn't matter if my expectation is off. It doesn't even matter if my now is shaky. Oh, God, yes. Next uh, part of the text, he says, and the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there will be no herd in the stalls. That speaks to history, the past. We know for a fact that the herd should be kept in the the stalls. So watch the text. The Bible says that he says, it doesn't matter if I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, God, I'm even struggling in my now. Um, I'm, I'm wrestling with these emotions, these feelings, these habits, these addictions right now. And even there's some raggedy stuff in where I came from. There's, there's some raggedy stuff in my past. But watch the next verse. He says, and I will rejoice in the Lord. Although I don't understand, he says, I will rejoice. The rejoice there in the Hebrew, it means to leap. It means to be loud. It means to make a noise. So, so wait a minute, Habakkuk, what are you telling us? Although you don't know what to expect, your responsibility is to leap. Although you don't know what's going to happen, I charge you with the responsibility to make a noise. Be grateful no matter what. He says, I don't know what to expect. I don't even know what's happening right now. There's some stuff in my past that should hinder me, but yet I will still rejoice in the Lord. Come, babe. Read and then amplify. Yet I will choose to rejoice in the Lord. I will choose to shout in exultation and the victorious God of my salvation. Listen, thanksgiving is not a moment, it's a choice. Although it doesn't feel right, although I don't know why, I choose. Although it's bad, although I've lost some, I'm making a choice. 
makers in the building today. It is my choice. I'm not even doing it because I feel good. I just made a choice. You ain't praise God good until you had to do it and didn't feel like it. You ain't praise God good until you did it when you didn't feel like it. I will make a choice. I will make a choice to bless the Lord. That last verse, and I'm ghost. The Lord is my strength. He will make me like feet, like hind's feet. Hind's feet refers to a female deer. Deer. What we understand about them is they are very precise. They are very focused. Um, they, they are very strong, stable. Um, so in other words, he says to Habakkuk, um, all that's going on, Habakkuk says to God, I know that you're my strength. And because, Dre, the Lord is your strength, he's about to make your feet like hind feet. Uh, when the deer, they can go in any environment. They, they can go on mountains. They can run in valleys. They, they can run on grass. They can run on snow. When you love the Lord, you'll make it through anything. As long as you have thanksgiving. He says, I, the Lord God, is my strength. You had to understand, Keyshawn, in the way you read, the reason you made it without a job, because your job wasn't your strength. <laughs> the reason why you made it this far, because your husband wasn't your strength. The Lord God is my strength. And the moment we take the credit from God, we have a problem. I love my wife, but I understand it is the Lord who is my strength. I'm going to prophesy this to the room. Those of you who are watching me, that you are going to have the strength of God in this season. That he is going to take you to higher levels. Trusting God is the foundation of thanksgiving. And when you don't trust God, your, your thanksgiving has no stability. That means you praise him and you thank him when you feel like it. Uh, when things aren't good, you don't say anything because it means you don't trust God. When you trust God, your thanksgiving is stable. I prophesy to this room right now, to everyone who is watching, all 50 of you who are tuning into this stream, that you don't even realize that he's about to change your destination. Can I be honest with you? It's for most of, a, most of you, Tati, especially you, hit his word. You have set the bar too low for God. God yes. Oh, you're saying, God, if you, just, if you just wake me up today, I'll be grateful. And that's good. But God said this. There's a little more to me than just waking you up. There's, there's a little more to me here. He says, I'm about to move you to a new level in God. I'm about to move you to new heights in God. You're about to leap over everything. I don't care what's in your way. I'm changing your feet from a regular feet to hind feet. And you're about to jump over every hater. You're about to jump over every habit. You're about to jump over every prophesy to this room to everyone watching do not be comfortable where you are he's about to move you to a greater level in God get ready for dreams get ready for visions get ready get ready get ready get ready don't worry about your now because your now will confuse you your now will have you doubting God. 